You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Today, my featured guest is Josh Fonger. He is a consultant, coach, and speaker who is recognized as the leading authority in business performance architecture. Josh has personally consulted or coached over 1,000 business owners from more than 100 industries, from startup, small startup businesses to $500 million enterprises. Josh connected with Sam Carpenter after reading Sam's book, Work the System. Recognizing their shared vision of helping business owners get unstuck using systematic solutions, Josh and Sam partnered to co-manage the consulting firm Work the System, which has now attracted over 100,000 business owners from over 50 countries. Josh got his MBA from Arizona State University. When he's not coaching or consulting to business owners, Josh enjoys setting up personal systems to maximize his time with his wife and kids. I'm curious about that startup nation. I want to know what those systems are that actually work for his personal life because so many of us spend the majority of our time and our waking hours working our businesses but not working our lives. And we eventually end up with a breakdown somewhere. We eventually end up making the money if we push and persist and never give up. We make the money, we make the fortune, but we end up miserable, divorced, and alone. That's a problem. We can avoid that. So, Josh, you can see where I just kind of frame that. Um, it's not just about the money. It's not just about the business. It's about winning in life overall. So, Josh, welcome to your first 100K top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. I think it's like top 20 or something like that. I haven't even been tracking, but I know we passed the 100 mark. Praise God. Um, and go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? I'll do that. Thanks a lot, Joseph. Excited You're to welcome. be here. And uh, yeah, you put in a great nutshell there. I help small business owners get control of their business so they can maximize their life. A very simple method to do that. And uh, ultimately, our, our mantra is to simplify, systemize, and help people thrive. All right, got it. Go ahead and take a minute and share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Yeah, probably the, the personal thing that most people don't know about me 
is that uh, we've got four, four kids, uh, we homeschool, and um, most of the time when I'm working with them, I'm helping them overcome their challenges in their companies, I've got my 17-year-old and my 13-year-old like an arm's length away right here <laughs> during their schoolwork. So um, that's probably a little bit unique. That's pretty cool. Why did you all decide to homeschool? You know, we uh, didn't uh, believe in uh, handing our kids off to someone else to educate them. Long story behind that. And uh, my wife is, uh, you know, tenacious and committed to working with them. And so, and I really married up. And so we decided together that this was going to be the best choice for our kids in our situation. And it's been um, extremely challenging and extremely, um, yeah, life-changing. And it's been great. Mm. I think that's awesome you're doing that. A lot of my siblings homeschool their kids, and uh, it's pretty awesome to see the contrast between kids that have been homeschooled and kids that have been thrown into the system. And uh, you can really see the difference in behavior and results, right, at the end of the day. All right, let's get into business here, buddy. How'd you make your first 100K in this business? This business, like... Go back in time, take us there, paint us a vivid picture, tell us that story. What were the, the highs, the lows, the struggles, the head trash? What'd you have to conquer, man? Yeah, well, it's to clarify the story, uh, as a business consultant, which is what I do right now, um, I wrote my MBA thesis about why you should not hire a business consultant, why that's actually a useless career, why you shouldn't hire them. And uh, basically, I didn't really have a good Good experience with business consultants uh, younger because my dad didn't believe in them and my father-in-law really didn't like them. And so um, once I got my, my master's in business, um, that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a real estate developer. I was working in real estate development. And uh, once the crash happened, 2006, 7, 8, um, lost my job, lost a uh, house, lost everything, um, literally living in my in-law's condo. And uh, when we wanted to, you know, go buy a present for our kids, it was like, we'll go to Walgreens and look at the toys and play with them. And then we're going to go back home because we have no money. And um, that's when I reached the end of trying to find something to do with my career. And I got a job as a consultant. In that case, this case, it was just independent consultant and um, had to, you know, hunt, kill, and I basically eat what I worked. And uh, that's how I started off. And you know, through God's providence found, uh, you know, found somebody to hire me as a, as a contractor for his consulting firm. And uh, he said, here's a list, like 4,000 names. Uh, here's the numbers and uh, try to sell them a, a budget model. That was it, a budget model. And then um, whatever you sell, you do, and we'll split it 50-50. And uh, that's when I learned a very important system, which had to do with uh, number of calls equals number of voicemails equals number of, you know, number of um, appointments and all the way down to actual revenue and um, did the system, did the math. And I said, okay, well, I've got to make a hundred calls a day, every single day of the week. And, um, you know, then I started making 10 K a month and, uh, you know, kind of the rest is history, but uh, I learned a very important lesson that if you uh, have something people want, uh, you have the credibility to actually solve that problem then it just comes down to consistent hard work and um, you can make it happen. And so that was what I learned that experience. And ever since then, I've been doing consulting for over 10 years and uh, I just love it. I love the work. 
I love meeting clients and I love uh, fixing problems. Hmm. Great story. You know, it brings back memories from my first business when our law of averages was 20 out of 100, um, right? And really defining what that system is. Ours was not over the phone. Ours was face-to-face out in parking lots, like running over to people and asking them for money. Um, But the numbers just worked. And I remember when I would train my teams, I could take someone with a charismatic personality or someone who is just drier than like sheetrock. And if they just said the 30-second pitch 100 times to 100 people, 20 people would give them money. Like the math was just there. Now, speak to us about that a little more because there are many entrepreneurs listening right now that have not uncovered their law of averages for their business model. And I'm sure you run into this uh, early on when you take on a client. Maybe it's one of your initial questions like, hey, what's your law of averages? Like, what do we actually need to do? What are the metrics? And let's find out where the breakdown is. Walk us through that and just speak to my listener about that and the importance of that and discovering it for their own business. Yeah, great question. And, uh, and people always want to know the numbers first. And I, I first want to analyze what, what are they doing, like activities. And I say, if we change the activities, the numbers will take care of themselves. Let's just do volume. And that seems to be the biggest problem, especially with startup companies, is they don't do one thing enough times, enough reps to even know what works. Uh, they will do something 10 times. Now oh, that didn't work. Try something else 10 times. That didn't work. Try something else. And it's like you haven't done it enough times to even know and to perfect. And so uh, new clients, it's always about simplicity. Let's, let's break down the business into the most simple, essential elements to get from starting to ending in the shortest period of time with the least amount of steps, with the least amount of variability. And let's actually run uh, some volume through that as opposed to always experimenting, always trying. That seems to be the, the plight of the entrepreneur is tons of ideas, not enough time to execute on them, spread too thin, and then eventually they just uh, burn out or go broke. And so I try to, I try to cut it down to the simplest, simplest thing, and uh, that's the key. All right. So initially, I think most entrepreneurs really want to know, like, what's the lazy sales system for my business? And how are you, what do you do? Like, what do you walk them through to discover that? Can you kind of lead us through that right now? Um, Just speak directly to my client of what steps they should take to create this lazy sales system Right? What's the, the path of least resistance to find out what actually works and what's going to get results and bring in revenue? Yeah, well, the, the lazy thing might also be the painful thing. It might also be the thing that people don't want to do. Uh, and this is the, the beauty of uh, the internet right? and podcast is the amount of information out there. There's a extreme amounts of information. Probably my biggest problem as an entrepreneur was too much information. When the simplest thing is to go to where your clients are and say, do you want some help? And then help them. That's the simplest thing. But what most people do is they complicate it with a lot of steps in between. Hey, I need to have a social media profile. I need to get on stage. I need to build up an email list. Maybe I should do some posting. Maybe I should do some blogging. Maybe I should have a YouTube channel. Maybe I should also you know, build up my credibility, educate myself some more. And they, they continue to do things, you know, a newsletter, you know, whatever, you, you, mean, you name it. And 
as opposed to just uh, going right to the person face to face and say, looks like you have a problem here. Would you like some help? I can fix this. And then they'll say, yes, it's as simple as that. And, um, and I have consultants that I train and they will build up big databases and they will research and they'll study. And I say, Hey, have you just given them a call? You know, I mean, they're, they're probably not documenting the systems of their business. They're probably not in control of their business. Have you just given them a call? Well, no, I haven't done that yet. I've got to build this. I've got to build this. I got to, and all these things, all these roadblocks. And you mentioned head trash. I think a lot of it has to do with um, the fear of rejection, your fear of failure, you know, the fear of people not liking you, not wanting what you have to offer. And that fear is preventing them from just taking, taking action and um, taking a risk. You know, if you know the worst case scenario is them saying no, and you're okay with that, then you can move forward. But a lot of people, they just, they just won't, they won't be willing to hear that no. Mm. You know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking of that myself is just, it's really all these things we do before we make the call or make the ask to the client is all like confidence building distractions. Like somehow, like we're we're mentally preparing ourselves. Like I'm not good enough. I'm not. I'm. I'm a piece of crap. That I'm not worthy. They're not going to listen to me. All the head trash. So we create all these distractions, things to do, busyness to compensate for that, all those insecurities, so that we paint ourselves in that best image or uh, profile to show the client, hey, you want to say yes to me, or I'm worthy of a yes. But it's really just time wasters and distractions. Now, there are experts out there and consultants that would argue against this and say, no, credibility is crucial to the sale. And you do want to set up all these pieces of credibility before you go and make the ask. What would you say to that? I think there needs to be a minimum acceptable standard of credibility. So my uh, 17-year-old is not going to go out there and say, hey, I can fix your business and probably not going to get a lot of uh, clients that way. But um, time and time again, I'll be working with someone certifying them and they'll just have excitement, energy. You know, they will go up to somebody and say, hey, looks like your company's organized, disorganized, and um, I can help you with that. And the person's like, really? And they'll say, yeah, I'm certified in the work system method. Okay, awesome. You can get started. You know, they, they don't need, you know, reams of history to hire them. They just, they want to know, hey, this person is competent. This person has some level of training in this area and they probably can fix it better than I can fix it. But beyond that, they, they're not um, going to comb through your entire history to get you to, to fix their problem as a consultant. And so uh, likely the, the larger the companies you work with, you know, hundred million, billion dollar companies, they, they probably want more of that. But for the small business owner, you know, um, if you're right in front of their face and you, you have a solution and th they have a problem, they're going to want the help. And so they're just going to look for minimum, minimum standards, right? And I think a lot of times, like you said, people will they'll use that as excuse to not actually help the client. And um, so again, time and time again, people who are just newly certified, you know, I'm like, just go out there, get a client. You're going to, you can help somebody today. You know more about the subject matter and they do, and you have time and capacity and desire to help them, they will hire you. You just have to actually let them know that. Startup Nation, what I've learned in business, Josh, I'm sure you agree with this, is that nothing builds confidence in 
business, right? In sales and marketing than landing clients. Like nothing builds confidence more than that. So Josh is saying, hey, stop going out with all, creating all the busy distractions to compensate for your insecurities and just go ask. Because when someone says yes, one out of a hundred or whatever your numbers are, that's going to build your confidence exponentially to go ask the next person. And you just stack confidence on top of confidence. And before you know it, you're off to the races and you're making a ton of money, which then builds more confidence. And it just, you, you start to become that person that God made you to be without all the insecurities blocking you. So Josh, if somebody wanted to um, take these steps right now and make this ask and you're inspiring them and they're like, okay, I've been overcomplicating this. I've been overthinking my business. Man, I just need to get on the phone, make some calls or whatever. Or their approach is online is where they're going to find their leads. What would you say to them as far as what, what do you consult people on? Here are steps you should take, one, two, and three online to go generate leads and generate those, those conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, our whole business is uh, based on systemizing things. Right. Mm-hmm. And so before you just go in and jump in and start flailing around uh, it's always best to write down what, what are you doing now? Right. Just the simple uh, fact of writing on the steps, writing on the process of what you're doing now is going to um, want to crystallize the best way to do something. And then you're going to do it and you're going to say, you know what? There's a better way to do it. And you're going to tweak your system. And you're going to do it again. And then after you've done that enough times, you're going to come up with a very solid, you know, rock solid way to do whatever it is, whether it's you know paying an invoice or making a sales call or doing your podcast or presentation, whatever it is. The idea is you want to get better at it. And the way to get better at it is to see it as a system. And the way to perfect the system is to actually document the system. And so that's that's that would be my advice. So whether it's selling online or offline, it would be to recognize there's a system for doing this. You've been doing it for however long you've been doing it. So why don't you get really good at it? Right. And most people, again, they won't take the time to do that. They think there's an easy way, an easier way. And so they will just um, you know, comb through books. They'll comb through podcasts. They'll comb through something to make it easier when uh, likely what they're doing is pretty okay now. They just need to work that system, work on the system and work, work the system. Do you have uh, a series of questions that you give to clients to help them discover these answers for their business? Uh, yeah. So whenever I work with a client, uh, we always do a business systems assessment. And so it's probably hundred questions, right? I want them to uncover the fact that there's probably a lot of dysfunction in their business. And uh, we always say, you know, dysfunction is gold. So if you can already identify the dysfunction in your business, then all we have to do is tweak or modify those systems to prevent that dysfunction or to optimize your business in that area. And so that's always the, the step one. Step one is look in the mirror and do a self-assessment. Right? And so that that is essential. Most people, they say, hey, I have a, a sales problem. And we'll say, well, let's take a step back and you have a you know sales system and let's identify the the parts in the system that actually need to be worked on. And um, it's really the same throughout your, your health. Instead of saying, I'm unhealthy, that would be a generic way to think about it. You might say, well, I have, I don't know, high blood pressure or something like that. And then it would be, what is the system that would you know, solve that high blood pressure problem? Maybe it has to do with diet or exercise or stress or sleep. And I'm going to work those systems to get 
a different result. And so that's what we're, we're big on is to one, identify the problems, but two, don't attack the problems, attack the system that creates the problem, tweak it so that you can have a different result, a different solution. I'm tracking with you because I've done this most of my career. Um, but I could see how this could be a little confusing, possibly, uh, to someone listening right now where they have no idea that they even have systems because they feel like they're just winging it most days um, and seeing what sticks in their business. Um, can you take us a little deeper with this for that person right now who maybe, sure. let's get specific, uh, they don't have enough leads um, for their business, so their marketing is the problem. Um, they don't feel they actually have a marketing system um, and they don't get to speak to enough people. They don't know where to find those people. They have no idea where they are, but they have a solution that they know can help because they've helped a few people get awesome results, but they're stuck in the marketing. That's their, that's their problem. Well, where would you take them right now? Yeah. Well, if it was a marketing problem, then I would, I would list out what are the different ways you could get leads and then we'd actually build a system to do that. Then it would be, what is the way you could warm those leads, build a system to do that? What is the way you can actually get appointments with those leads, present to those leads, um, close those leads, and then obviously work with those leads. And I would break it out into separate, separate chunks, right? And instead of just saying, I need to get business, uh, look at the separate chunks that again, make up the system. And, and because I work with you know, plumbers and consultants and uh, you, you name it, pilots, people all over the map, um, their, their system is always different. But I, I still go back to the fact that majority people, they complicate it. And if they just look within their warm market, they look within their warm network, they look where their previous clients came from, they usually can, can really shorten that time frame if they really need sales quickly before they have to build a massive machine to generate thousands and thousands and thousands of leads. It's often not the case. And really, um, if they stick with their warm market, they can move a lot, a lot faster. But, um, you know, just tell you a quick story, not necessarily about marketing, but, um, you know, one of my recent clients who's a real estate developer and, you know, maxed out on time, maxed out on effort, maxed out on everything in his life. And the key thing that we did after he realized his life is a collection of systems was to separate every 15 minutes of his life you know, from the second he wakes up to the second he goes to bed and realized that all these things he's doing are systems, you know, like running to Home Depot to bring materials to his, his people inside, you know, collecting rent from his property management clients. I mean, they're all separate systems, but he didn't realize that um, if he took control of them and saw them as separate, he wouldn't have to do them himself. Instead of himself doing all the work, he could actually automate, delegate, delete a lot of that work if he had package them up as systems and then, you know, distribute those to his employees as opposed to doing them himself. I think that's the other big issue with entrepreneurs is they think that their company is them and the company's not them. Their company you know, delivers value to a client. And if they see their company is separate from them, they actually have the opportunity to look at it um, more uh, sober-minded. They can look at it more clearly. They can look at it more objectively as opposed to, taking it so personal and thinking that their company is them. Because if the company's them, it's never going to scale. It's never going to grow. And they're always going to be uh, stressed out. Hmm. 
thank you for sharing that. And uh, I think you simplified it for us. Um, let's get personal. Let's give a real example. Um, what's been the number one marketing uh, system um, that you uncovered for your consultancy uh, that's helped you attract the most customers to date? Yeah, well, the number one system was giving away uh, our book. So basically, we'd give away the book in various formats, various mediums. And uh, Sam Carpenter, the author, has continued to refine it, work that system, work that system. And uh, so right now, we have a summary of it. We have the first four chapters of it available. And so the more we distribute the message, the more likely the ideal client comes in and says, hey, I want that. I want my company fixed that way. And uh, it's it's definitely a long tail strategy because you know, we were talking about ahead of time, you know, thousands of people are going to re- read the book or see the book and only a few are going to actually want consulting and coaching help, but still it's, it's the best method. And so we try to get the book it out, book out there far and wide. I think it's in you know, five or six languages now. And um, that's really been the key is have one way to get in front of a lot of people and then, you know, talk very specifically with those who want help once they raise their hand as opposed to convincing people to raise their hand. So less convincing, more just being ready to work with those who are ready. Mm. So that long-term strategy would be effective in your opinion for a high ticket offer, high ticket clients rather than low ticket, correct? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. So I would give the complete opposite advice to someone else. (laughs) So this is purely for us because business owners are, are spending um, thousands of dollars to, to work with us to get help. Yeah, but if you're selling something that's $10, then, then you probably don't want to do the strategy, right? You're going you're gonna to starve while you're waiting for your first client. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. If that's an important distinction uh, to make. Uh, let's ask this. Um, you know, you get to see all these business models. Uh, you work across all the industries, um, all different levels of revenue. Uh, what is a common pattern or the number one common pattern uh, that you're seeing that's holding back entrepreneurs from winning in their businesses? I know that's a broad question, but yeah. I think there might be a broad pattern there. Yeah, the, the, the broadest pattern would be that business owners, they don't have big enough visions for the impact they can make. Right. They, they've kind of settled on a company this size or a company of this volume or whatever it might be. And once they've hit that area, they plateau. Right. And then they might work hard and they go up a little bit. And then they need to take some time off and they go down a little bit. And it's kind of like a, we call it a yo yo business. So they've kind of hit the end of their string. And that is going to be the way it is. And they've never really seen it um, as, as bigger and beyond themselves. And so they typically um, cap their potential based on their, their vision for what it can do. And you know the vision tends to be, I need enough for myself, my family to be happy. And that's what my company is about. And so they're not thinking uh, bigger and broader about uh, impact, legacy, potential, and you know, serving the most people, both internally, their, their team, and externally, their customers are thinking more about what do I need so that I can survive? And then they stick with that. And um, that's really the, the sad thing is they don't really think about how much they could do. They just think about what do I need? 
and then I'll do that much. And that's probably what's holding back most owners is uh, hunger. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, do you have a specific client story, like a before and after, that relates to that? The hmm. small vision, and then maybe you help them break through that, and then they went big, yeah. and then explosive growth, et cetera? Uh, yeah, well, off, off, off the cuff, um, the one that comes to my mind was an attorney I was working with where um, she was starting a company, uh, a law practice. She had worked at the, um, at the UN for a long time, and she was finally going to go private practice. And uh, she said, you know, I'm just an attorney. I know how to do, you know, legal things. You know, I'm not an attorney, obviously. And, legal uh, things. Yes. You know, so basically she said, well, what, what should I do? And so basically after discussing it with her, we took her through our, our model, which is first to see your work as systems, then to have a strategic objective, have principles. And so we basically drafted the future state of her business before it even existed yet. And you know, I, I, I send her off on her way, building her systems. Then a year later, she's like, Hey, I've got, I have 15 attorneys working underneath me. You know, we're doing this international work. It was like international tax law, something. I don't know what it was, but, um, essentially, uh, she, after describing the vision she wanted, you know, actually having a, a bullseye and then realizing there's a, a model and a method to get there, then it came down to actually, you know, building the, these systems from scratch. So that was pretty exciting to see. But um, it really comes down to, uh, again, the owner, what, what do they want to achieve? And then um, we can build it. Some owners are content with a certain size company, and that's fine too. Um, they just want a little more freedom, a little more time, a little more, little more income. Uh, ultimately, my job is to push them. But uh, in the end, it's their business, it's their life, and they get to decide how big they want to take it. I mean, not everyone needs you know, a gigantic company to make an impact. Uh, maybe it's just going deeper with fewer people is going to actually make a bigger impact in terms of what they're actually meant to do. Now, with that attorney example that you just used, thank you for telling us that story. It sounds like she engaged with you. She had no clear of the, uh, no idea of her vision. You helped uh, pull that out from her. And then you mapped it out for her and created a blueprint for that vision. And then you handed it off to her and she went and self-executed sounded like she was a very independent um, person or performer and then came back to you with results, with results. Uh, so to clarify specifically to your practice, clients can come to you and just say, hey, can you just help me pull out this bigger vision in me? I could do the work, no problem. And, uh, and then you have other clients that come to you and say, hey, can you hold my hand the whole way and help me execute on this vision? Is that... Do you work with clients all across the board when you engage with them? Or is it just like, no, this is our one product. This is all we do. And we're the best in the world at it. Yeah. So basically, uh, you know, again, we just take them to this, this method. And the first part is to actually think differently about the world of business and then to build that strategic objective. And so, yeah, a lot of clients just stick with us for a few months and they say, hey, we're going to go on our own. We got this. And then other clients, you know, I've had them for seven, eight years now. So it really does depend on, uh, the level of support, accountability, coaching, mentoring, advising that they want from me or one of the people that I, I certify. And, um, but we don't do any long-term contracts. We really let our clients decide how much support they, they need, right? So people always say, hey, read the book and you'll be good. Um, but, but in the end, we don't, uh, that's one of our policies not to lock people in 
to some kind of program, they have to stick with us. Uh, our most common program is 120 days. And that would be our, the majority of clients, they'll, they'll buy a quick program to work with us. But then again, still some will stay on for years. Now, can they still get like massive results after only 120 days? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would say that um, for anyone who wants to shift their mindset, that can happen instantly. Shift mm -hmm. the way you see the world, shift the way you, you basically see life. And then in terms of the next result that's most common is they, um, you know, the stress goes down and then they start making more time. They start realizing, why am I doing all these things? Someone else could do this. Someone else could do this. This is not core to my strategic objective. I should stop doing this. So they start eliminating things and they immediately have time. And, you know, one of our clients, he had a commercial appraisal firm and he said, Josh, I have all this time. Now, what am I supposed to do? Right. So he, you know, he joined a band, got into cycling, you know, his, his wife got sick of him being home all the time. And then he decided he would open up two more commercial appraisal offices in Southern California. So he went from one office to three offices because he's like, well, I got this time in my hands. What should I do? And he wanted to pour back into his business. And the last thing is money, right? So, so people can, you know, have, have massive growth. They can have little growth. A lot of it depends on the, the model um, and the, the, the medium they use. So I have like a, um, you know, online entrepreneurs tend to be the ones that have the most growth potential. Uh, like one of my clients, Brad, he went from literally like, you know, zero, zero a month to 100K a month, you know, within a year, right? So that's a big shift. Not everyone gets that. Um, but, uh, you know, electrician, that was my client. He went from just him and his brother working part-time as electricians to having 10 electricians underneath him. And it took him a couple of years. And now he's going to be, you know, this year he'll, he'll be at the million dollar mark in terms of a business. So um, some models just take longer to grow, uh, but we're definitely, we're definitely not a quick uh, get rich quick model. That's for sure. And it's more like hard work and sustainable success is probably a better way to put it. Not, not quick, not quick riches. That's for sure. You're a stay quick longer model possibly. All right. What are your top three tips and strategies for startup nation right now um, to move their, their business revenue, you know, just up one step, one step forward. Maybe they're stuck at 80. They want to get to 90,000 this year. Maybe they're at 90. They want to get to a hundred, whatever that step is that one step for them. What are your three top tips or strategies they need to take? Uh, first thing, Mindset shift, see their life, their business as systems. That'd be the first thing. Second thing would be to eliminate, go through your life and your business and eliminate as much as humanly possible. Every activity that's not generating revenue, then you can eliminate it. And there's probably a ton of stuff that you're wasting your time. And then I would be going back to all clients and all previous clients uh, and asking them how their business is doing. And likely there's ways where you can add additional value it's right in front of your face. You just never went back to them. And um, all the time, I always tell people, have you contacted your previous customers? I've got one company that does, um, they build awnings for companies and he has 6,000 previous customers over the last 50 years. He's never contacted any of his previous customers. I said, hey, just contact them. I bet they need new awnings. I bet they have other awnings. You know, so it's always just go back to previous customers. What if you... The, with the previous customers, you already help them achieve what it is that you do, what that you specialize in. 
you know, what do you present to them now? Like they've already hit the mark that you got them the result in 90 days or whatever, and then they moved on. Yeah, well, then in that case, it's going to be uh, referrals. Uh, that's going to be a key thing to ask them for. And then oftentimes your customers think that you're busy. And so letting, letting them know that you have capacity to do more, um, then they'll become a bigger advocate for you. Right. So a lot of times customers who love working with you, they will think, well, gosh, I don't want that person to get busy because what if I need them again? So letting them know, hey, we're expanding, we're helping other ways, and then they're more likely to be the evangelist for you. I think it's a, it's a big uh, missing mark that people don't, don't communicate to their, their customers. And uh, yeah, that's, it's the cheapest form of marketing. It's the cheapest form of um, uh, growth. It's, it's uh, just something that people are hesitant to do. They don't want to bother their customers, but um, it's a great way to grow. You know, tell them you're not too busy um, really resonates. And uh, I remember one client um, in my elite men's coaching that I do, um, I was like, hey, why, are, why haven't I received a referral from you? You got these massive results in your life. And he's like, honestly, I don't want anyone to know about you. And I was like, what? It was just so foreign to me because I don't think that way. But you're so right. It was almost like, I just want you there in my back pocket when I need you again. So I'm not going to tell anyone about the massive results I got <laughs> from you. Or when they see, hey, you're, you're showing up completely different. Yeah, yeah, I worked with someone. You know, but I'm not going to tell them who it was. And I just thought that was so interesting and a confirmation of what you just said. Yeah, happens all the time. Yeah, one of my uh, construction clients, he does amazing work in New York City. Uh, building extensive stages and scaffolding systems, but all of his clients know he's really busy, really, really busy. And I said, if you just went to your current clients and said that you're not busy anymore because you build up capacity and you build up your team, they would all have more work for you and they would refer you work, but they think you're busy. So that's why your sales aren't growing. <laughs> that's a good check for a startup nation. Josh, thanks for that. All right, Josh, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the Hustle Round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show without the prizes. Are you ready? Let's do it. What's your favorite thing about owning your own business? Flexibility. What's your least favorite thing? Uncertainty, but that helps me grow. In life. Yeah, for but sure. Keeps you hungry, right? Yeah. Uh, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently challenged with right now, either professionally or personally? Yeah, ongoing challenge of conflict avoidance. I like keeping the peace and when really people need to hear the truth and I need to not uh, be so, in quotes, nice to them. So that's my issue. Have you considered delegating that out to a bad <laughs> cop, so to speak? Good cop, bad cop. Yes. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny, right? You get a call from your consultant, but it's not him. It's the bad side, bad personality yelling at you. You need to do what Josh said. That's awesome. What are you most afraid of? Uh, wasting my time. Yeah, yeah, got it. What did you spend way too much time doing uh, this past year? Uh, listening, reading, consuming information. That seems to be uh, the, the biggest thing. Yeah. But isn't that good for you? It's an excuse for, uh, it's, at least for me, it was an opportunity to not actually do the work that I was supposed to do. It was pretend, pretending to do work. So ah, that's, yep. all, that's honest. What yep. secret fear do you have about people? Uh, 
they won't like me. Fair enough. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? The power of simplicity. Hmm. Yep. And what's a new habit you're going to create this year? Prayer journal. My wife just got me one and that's been life-changing the last few weeks. And so now I actually just need to keep it going. That's the key thing. That's awesome. I just yeah. finished writing uh, a prayer journal, a, a devotional for men, for elite business owners. So I get it, man. Shifts everything. Uh, what's a bad habit you're going to break? I'm not going to break it, but I'm going to cut my caffeine in half. That's the key. <laughs> there you go. I'm okay with a little bit of caffeine, but uh, maybe half as much. There's a system there. There is. is a system. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Helpful, persistent, problem solver. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business. Uh, unsure, flailing, and sponge. <laughs> but sponges that, pick up everything, right? That's the problem. They pick up everything. Yeah, and then they flail and fling it everywhere. <laughs> and last question, if you could come back to life after you died and look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about true success, real success in life and business, what would you say to them? I would tell them that um, life is but a vapor and they should just seek God with uh, all their, their might, really. Anything else is a waste of time. <laughs> okay. And uh, this is your part of the show where you get to give Startup Nation a homework assignment. So what is the one action they must take this week if they want to um, develop this lazy sales system for their business. They want to get clear. They want to free up time. They want to create workability in areas that aren't working right now. What do you got for them? They're not going to like this, but I would time track two whole days from the second you wake up to the second you go to bed and write down every single thing you do, how long it took, and then go back to it and figure out what could you do to make your day better. Automation, delegation, delete, all those things. Mm. You're right. We don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear it. It sounds like work. <laughs> it is. It's painful. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Startup Nation, did you enjoy this show? Did you enjoy this episode specifically with Josh? If you did, please go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio or first100k.com, first100k.com. Write a five-star review for Josh if you feel compelled to do so. Did he add value to your life? Did he push you forward one step in your journey? If he did, then go and contribute to him. Write that five-star review. If I like what you write about him, uh, I will give you a shout-out live on the show like I'm about to do. Uh, for, let's see here, we got the handle. I'm going to try and pronounce it. You do E. You do E. Uh, who writes, coming from the right place, the one thing we all need is family. Joseph has created a space through this podcast, First 100K, where you can be you, you, where you can be who you are right now, the person that God made you to be. As an entrepreneur, this kind of support is rare to get and I am happy. I am a happy supporter of the show. Thank you, you do e, um, and I'll do me. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, thank you for your five star review. Startup Nation, go write yours for Josh, would you? Josh, 
Um, where does Startup Nation get find out more about you? They want to uh, get the, the chapters of your book, the first four chapters. Where do they go? What do you got for them? Uh, they go to WTSenterprises.com. The book summary is there, all the resources. And again, WTSenterprises.com. All right, Startup Nation, go get your free sample. It's like going through Costco and they get the free sample. Taste it, like it, experience it, want more of it. Josh, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. All right, thanks, Joseph. Cheers. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.